everyone, I'm Emily, and today we're going to read from John chapter 11, verses 17 through to 44. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews, who had been with Mary in the house comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Good morning from my home to your home once again. It is really good to be together. Thank you, Emily, for reading that so excellently. We are in this series looking at how do we live with uncertainty. Each and every one of us is living at this moment because of this pandemic with a degree of uncertainty and it affects us all in different ways. However, Jesus promises, to say, promises us that he gives us a life to enjoy within uncertainty. And each week we're seeking to explore something more of what this life looks like. And so if you're around last Sunday, you'll know that we explored something of how Jesus provides us a life of hope, hope within uncertainty. However, though we looked at all of the amazing things that hope brings last week, I felt like it would be good still to do a hope part two today as what we can discover actually is sometimes though we live with that knowledge of hope and that experience of hope and sharing hope and displaying hope to others, actually sometimes life doesn't go quite as we plan. Sometimes we can find that what we hoped for doesn't quite happen. And in those moments, we find ourselves kind of confused or <clears throat> kind of uh, wondering like what's going on or, or actually just disappointed. And if we don't deal with that disappointment, it can actually lead us to despair. And what I want us to see is that Jesus actually comes and meets with you and me um, and longs to meet us in that place and provide us within the life he offers, a life that restores hope. See, as we now get to explore this story, what we're going to discover is that Jesus draws alongside a friend called Mary and restores her hope. Now, in it, we can sometimes rush to the end of the story. You see, it starts off with uh, 
Mary's brother Lazarus has died and then it ends with Jesus calling out and bringing Lazarus back to life and we think oh yeah hope's come however there's a whole journey that goes on that I believe that God wants us to get hold of because as we do it actually causes us to know how we can navigate disappointment in our lives how we can navigate those moments where it feels like hope has begun to be darkened because of life not quite going how we thought maybe that's how you're finding things at the moment. Maybe through the news feed or through the kind of uncertainty of when will lockdown change? What, what, what will happen in terms of my life? It feels like the control has gone out of my grasp and maybe we're left thinking, I, I just don't quite understand. I feel disappointed. Like how do we navigate that? But maybe we don't feel like that, but I promise you at some point we will. At some point we'll find that life isn't quite going how we hoped it would. And in that moment, we need to deal with the disappointment and allow Jesus to come alongside and restore our hope. So let's jump into the story then. You see, what we dis discover is at the very beginning, Jesus meets Mary and her reality. Jesus comes into the situation where Lazarus has died and kind of arrives at the outskirts of the village and word is sent to Mary and her sister Martha and they're told that that Jesus has come. And we find that Martha rushes uh, to meet Jesus and rushes with her confusion and her disappointment and her grief. But in it, Mary doesn't. Now, if you read some of the other accounts of, of Jesus' life, you discover that Mary is someone who like, loved being around Jesus. You find in Luke, there's this account of how Jesus comes to their home and Mary just spends the whole time just sat at his feet, like lapping up everything that he had to say because she just knew that he caused her to know such love. And yet in this moment, the reality is for Mary that she can't face Jesus. Like life hasn't gone how she thought it would. And she's got to that point of disappointment, of grief, and I think probably despair. And she can't even face Jesus. But there's this amazing thing that happens that actually Jesus knows that's her reality and he's not going to force himself on her. He doesn't rush to her home and like pound through the door saying, you didn't come to me, so I'm coming to you. Rather, he patiently waits and says word with her sister Martha to her. And Martha goes to Mary and says, Jesus wants to meet with you. And Jesus wants to meet with her, meet with her in her reality, in her grief, in her confusion, in her sadness, in her disappointment. Jesus longs to meet with her. See, Jesus longs to meet with you and Jesus longs to meet with me. He longs to meet with you and me in our realities, in our disappointments, in our questions. And you see, as he longs to meet with us, as he longed to meet with Mary, when he comes and Mary decides to come to him, Jesus wants to hear. Jesus wants to hear everything that she's thinking, hear everything that she's feeling. He doesn't rush to the conclusion. See, for Mary, he just gives her space, gives her space to kind of express everything that she was thinking of how she immediately says, like, if you had come. Like, can you hear the desperation in her voice? 
that she knew who Jesus was and she was just questioning, I don't understand, like, if you'd come, my brother wouldn't have died. Like, like why didn't you? Why didn't you come? And the thing is, Jesus doesn't rush to answer, he just gives us space. Gives us space to express how she feels, and so we discover that she just weeps before him. Like Jesus longs for you and I to just come and speak out of the reality of where we're at. He doesn't want us to wait till we feel like we've got everything together, but rather to come to him and say, Jesus, why didn't you come? Why didn't you come how I expected? But we also want to hear how we feel. See, emotions can be complicated. It can be sometimes hard to work out what is really going on inside. And in that moment, it's really important, though, that we discover it in order that we can express it to Jesus, as Jesus wants to hear everything that's going on. One of the things that I find helps me is something that a guy called uh, Peter something, whose surname I always escapes me, but he wrote a book called um, Spiritual... uh, What's it called? Healthy, emotionally. emotionally healthy spirituality. There you go. It will appear on the screen now. I knew it would be there. And in it, he reveals just these ways that we can f- feel things. And he breaks them down into eight different blocks and shares kind of like what those look like in terms of anger, sadness, fear, enjoyment, love, surprise, disgust, and shame. And we haven't got time to look at these all in detail, but I, I think these are really helpful for us to... Um, look at because in it what it what it does is it allows us a way to kind of vocalize and understand what we're feeling because as we understand it we can then express it express it to Jesus and we'll send this out in the weekly blast or you can take a photo of your screen now but it's so important that we both say what we're thinking but also what we're feeling Because as Jesus wants to hear, he also wants to comfort. See, it isn't that Jesus is unmoved by Mary's situation. We're told that he was deeply moved. We can take that screen down now. Uh, He's told that he's deeply moved. We're told this a moment where he sees the impact it has on Mary and others. It it causes him to just be moved within the very core of his being. And then we find this more profound moment. We're told that Jesus wept. And it isn't like some Hollywood tear down the eye or down the cheek. It's actually this moment where we find that he just falls to his knees. That's what's expressed in some of that that word wept as he falls to his knees and just kind of bellows out this cry as he's overcome by the situation. See, What he reveals is that God isn't someone who's unmoved by how we feel. He's one who understands, who weeps alongside us. How comforting is that? How comforting is it that Jesus isn't silent to our grief, isn't silent to our disappointment, but stands alongside and knows how we feel, weeps as we weep. But he's also the one who comes and is the source of all comfort and the, the source of all compassion. You see that in 2 Corinthians uh, 1.3. He's the one who comes by his spirit that comes as the Holy Spirit to bring comfort, experience now in this moment. Jesus wants to hear 
But Jesus wants to comfort. And as he comforts, Jesus restores hope. See, there's this danger where we think that, oh yeah, Mary had her hope restored because what happens at the end of the story is that Lazarus is raised to life. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the moment where hope had been restored. I think hope was restored through this process that got Mary to a point with the others that when Jesus said, roll back the stone, they did it. They didn't know what Jesus was going to do. And yet hope had been restored to that point that 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 was buried, where hope had died. They said, let's roll back the stone and allow Jesus, who has the final word, to bring about the life that he can bring. A life that's characterized by his goodness and his love. See, I believe that when we hit those moments of disappointment, maybe we're living through it at the moment. What happens is we begin to bury our hope. We kind of cover it over with a giant stone. And what happens is that Jesus comes alongside. And as he meets with us, as he hears us, as he comforts us, he then calls to us and says, will you roll back the stone? Will you roll back the stone? And as we roll back the stone, it's then not under a condition of, because Jesus, I know what you're going to do. Rather, it's under a condition of saying, Jesus, I roll back the stone, knowing who you are, knowing that you're loving and good. And I trust in you and say, I allow you to bring the life that only you can bring in this moment. So the question is, will we? Will we roll back the stone in order that Jesus can bring his life in, full of love and goodness that restores hope? See, Jesus meets us in the reality of our uncertainty, our disappointment. And as he meets us, he longs to hear from us. He longs to comfort you and to comfort me and to bring us a life of restored hope a restored hope to know, of restored hope to share with one another, and of restored hope to display.